Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Ah, so good to have this weekly get-together. I I get so many messages from people all over the world who appreciate what we're doing here at Unity FM. It's quite wonderful, so I'm glad we're sharing in it together. And one of my favorite topics uh, I picked for today, or actually I, I tuned in, that's how I do it, and I, for the most part, and I say, uh, what would you have me share about? And here's what came through today. It's talking about trust and faith, which is such a critical, important topic for us to consider. And... We're going to begin with a prayer, as we usually do. So let us dive right in. (sighs) I invite you to place your hand on your heart, as I am doing. It's so nice to take that deep breath of gratitude and remember ourselves as the perfect givers and receivers of love. This is our true identity, and we're remembering ourselves right now. Course in Miracles reminds us to remember (laughs) our true identity, our natural state is pristine, perfect, pure, awake, aware, whole, complete. And so we're consciously dedicating ourselves to remembering this and to remembering this about our brothers and sisters giving up any judgments, opinions, comparisons, and stepping into an awareness of truth. Yes, we are grateful and thankful that we can remember ourselves, that we can release any false identity that we have grabbed onto and remember our natural state. We're grateful and thankful to open our hearts and our minds right now to say yes to love, yes to walking our talk, yes to living the truth. In grace and gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Mm. Yeah, I've got that morning voice. I haven't done a lot of talking yet. Isn't it wonderful to come together for me in this morning energy? It's so sweet. So, we're grateful. So, in our time today, I'm going to point out to you in the Manual for Teachers, the Chapter 4 section, it's called, What are the Characteristics of God's Teachers? Now, I'm in just mentioning God's teachers. I'm going to share a couple of things. So first of all, if uh, you're new to A Course of Miracles, because many people are new to the Course and many people who listen to this show 
are actually not even avid course students, but they're looking to get those spiritual insights and teachings about a practical application of these truth teachings, and that's what I offer. So in a certain sense, I don't teach so much about how to understand A Course in Miracles per se, but much more about that practical application, walking the talk, living the love. So we can do that without reading the Course. What we love about A Course in Miracles is it assists us in doing that holy work of walking the talk and living the love. (sighs) So, the manual for teachers... I recommend that people who are interested in studying the Course, that they read that first. You can hear me turning the pages. And it says right in Chapter 1 of the Manual for Teachers, which, by the way, I find to be uh, less cryptic, more concise. And so I recommend that people start with the Manual for Teachers because in a certain way it's like a primer It it can be, and it can be uh, a condensation. And as you may have heard, they say that Course in Miracles is a holographic teaching, and if you understand any part of it, you'll understand all of it. And what I personally perceive is that life is a holographic teaching, that if you understand love, you understand all of it. If you... In every moment is the opportunity to awaken to our true identity and the full awareness that this is uh, a 3D illusion and it's for our learning. It's for our experience, uh, the experience of the human body in order to, I believe, understand and appreciate our divinity even more. And I believe that we take this learning of our human experience back to the collective and that we're consistently discovering ourselves. Somebody asked me recently, how is it that God isn't here or God doesn't know we're here? And the uh, course answer to that is, well, we're not here. It's an illusion. But we're having this experience, aren't we? And... When people say, does God know that we're having this experience? What I would say to you is, God is not a human being. God is not a being that knows things about us. God is that infinite collective where everything is known. So for me, I, I do love the aspects of God that are the mother, that are the father. Absolutely, I treasure that. But to me, God is not just a father or just a mother. God is the all in all. And sometimes trying to describe or quantify God is just, it's something the ego likes. <laughs> it's an ego pursuit. And I think when we can relax our mind, then we can actually understand God, God better. So we relax into love and love reveals itself and then we know what God is. 
So in the Manual for Teachers, it says in Chapter 1, which is entitled, Who Are God's Teachers?, And it says right off the top, a teacher of God is anyone who chooses to be one. A teacher of God is anyone who chooses to be one. His qualifications consist solely in this. Somehow, somewhere, he has made a deliberate choice in which he did not see his interests as apart from someone else's. So in a sense, we begin teaching the unity of all life as soon as we have even the briefest realization of the unity of all life. And we do that when we realize that our interests are not separate from someone else. It's when we have even the most briefest moment of realization that we are one. We're one we're with our brother, our sister, our dog, our cat. And that immediately qualifies us to be a teacher of God. And so, a teacher of God is, as it says here in the teacher's manual, that our function is to save time. What does that mean? To me, what it really means is to save the time required to have a learning experience in 3D human experience. So, for me, it talks about learning, remembering, being willing to choose to see. Our true identity is a spiritual one. And so you might notice that in your life you keep having the same lessons presented to you over and over again with slightly different variations. You keep falling down the same rabbit hole over and over again. And so to me, very often when I have that experience, it means that... I am not trusting, I'm not having faith in God. I am trying to place my faith in my ego experience. I am believing that it is my job to control and manipulate circumstances. And so as long as I think it's my job to control and manipulate circumstances, to control and manipulate people and their opinions and judgments, their perceptions, as long as I feel that I am in charge rather than the divine is revealing itself and we are divinely guided in every moment and that we can open our minds to choose the highest and best in every moment, as long as... I do not believe that to be true, and I feel that it is my job to let people know who's good and who's bad, who's right and who's wrong, and what their judgments should be. As long as I am the judger, then I will always feel judged, and I will not have trust, and I will not be in faith. I am placing my faith in my own opinion, in my own judgment. And so as a result, I am going to experience the pain and suffering that that brings over and over and over again until I no longer value my judgments and my opinions. So we're looking to remember the truth, to awaken to the truth, to recognize the truth. Because there is that within us, and for me, I think of it as the I am presence, the higher Holy Spirit self. I think of 
that aspect of my divinity, which is whole, perfect, and complete now and forever, has all the full awareness of the divinity of all life. And so what my personal experience of this journey is at this point is to release any false perceptions that I have, any judgments that I have that are false, my personal opinions, really, And I do think opinion is just a fancy word for judgment. So the judgments that are separating negative. So I'm not talking about judging righteous judgment. I really, I leave that up to God, to the higher self. And right now I see in my life that my opinions can get in my way. My opinions create all blocks to love. And so I cannot place my trust and faith in God if I value my opinions and judgments. Take a sip of my tea here. So in the teacher's manual, the manual for teachers, chapter 4, You know, actually, I'm going to back up a second and just mention chapter two is who are their pupils? So who are these teachers of God's pupils? And this I find very comforting. And uh, I invite anyone who aspires to be a Course in Miracles group leader or if you're some kind of healer or teacher, if you have children, if um, you sometimes find yourself in a leadership role, Because many of us do. And to me, whoever can choose love in a situation is in a leadership role. Anyone who's willing to know the truth in a a moment where there's a challenge, they're in a leadership situation. So sometimes there can be in Course in Miracles circles a sense that being a leader or a teacher is an ego identification, which of course it can be, but it doesn't have to be. I think that there's real value in saying, okay, I'm in a room of people who are gossiping and opinionated. And so what's the most loving choice? The most loving choice is to change the topic, or the most loving choice is to say something that's loving without judgment. So not to think that I'm better or smarter or more pure or holy because I'm interested in a loving comment, but to actually be so humble, to have true humility, to say, oh, I'm so grateful I can remember that love is the truth of my being and that's what I'm interested in right now. I'm feeling the conversation is veering towards fear. So I'm going to trust God to share with me a loving comment that I can make that can shift the vibration of this conversation right now. I'm going to step into trust and faith. That puts us in a leadership role. does not make us better than... See, we don't need to go into comparison. There's no better than... There's no less than... And there's no equal to... We are one. We're united. We're united in love. So who are the pupils? 
It says, certain pupils have been assigned to each of God's teachers, and they will begin to look for him as soon as he has answered the call. They were chosen for him because the form of the universal curriculum that he will teach is best for them in view of their level of understanding. His pupils have been waiting for him, for his coming is certain. Again, it is only a matter of time. Once he is chosen to fulfill his role, they are ready to fulfill theirs. Time waits on his choice, but not on whom he will serve. When he is ready to learn, the opportunities to teach will be provided for him. And that has been my journey. And so I have had to trust. And that is what I am doing. I am trusting in God by sharing my perceptions, my experiences. And this is how I am building my faith. And so this is why we become the two or more who are gathered with a holy intention. Yes, yes, yes. So I invite you to get out your manual for teachers. And uh, it's in the back of the big blue book if you have that. And we're going to discuss this some more after the break. You're listening to Jennifer Hadley on Unity Online Radio. We'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. So we're talking about trust and faith, which really is required for us to walk the talk and live the love. And I think it's so important to realize this. Many spiritual seekers do not realize this. Oh, definitely got a frog in my throat this morning. Ah, So we're grateful. (laughs) We're grateful that we can awaken to a revelation of faith. So this section in the teacher's manual on development of trust, it's my page 10 in the 10 and 11 in the teacher's manual, I share with people all the time to read this over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. It is so helpful. It is so helpful. Let's dive in. So one of the things is in this development of trust is it says here right off the bat, first they must go through what might be called a period of undoing. So the teachers of God, in order to develop the characteristics, which truly is that purification process, and we can think of purification, some people can think of it as painful. I know I used to think of it as painful. And now I think of it as healing and nourishing. Because more than anything else, what I would like to do is be my true self. And that requires me to purify, requires me to give up the opinions and judgments, the attack thoughts, the thoughts of lack and attack, as I say all the time, the thoughts of limitation and separation. Uh, and I, I, I really 
would like to give them up. And so I think of giving them up as placing them on the holy altar fire of divine love and really saying, as the Course has helped me to see and understand, saying to my higher self, the Holy Self, the Holy Spirit, these thoughts of lack and attack, limitation and separation, they no longer serve me. I no longer value them. And so this, to me, is part of the experience of healing, the willingness to make a holy offering of that which is actually obstructing my clear perception, my clear view, my clear understanding of the divinity of all life. So that's why it starts off saying that in the teacher's manual, in the characteristics of God's teachers, trust is the foundation upon which we build. We must place our trust in God and no longer rely upon our own opinions and judgments. Actually, on page 9 in paragraph 2, it says, it talks about the power that we have to look on the world, to see with God's eyes, to see divine vision in this 3D experience, to see with an ascended master of you. And we, can, we begin to develop that. We begin to have experiences of seeing more clearly, seeing beyond our opinions and judgments, beyond the conditioned view, the limited view, the separate view. And once we begin to have those experiences, then we realize it's impossible to trust our own opinions anymore. And that makes it considerably easier. So this is how we begin to experience the power of our faith. Remember Jesus in all those miraculous healings that he experienced with people in the Bible and they said, thank you Jesus for my healing. He would say right back to them, why thank me? Your faith is what made you whole. Your faith is what made you whole. What happened was they became the two or more who are gathered, who are willing to put down the conditioned view. And then that's what created the healing. Remember, all healing, whether it's in your finances, in your relationship, in your physical body, your emotional body, your mental body, it's a spiritual healing. That's the only kind of healing there is. So first, it says, in order to develop trust, that we have to go through what might be called a period of undoing. So now I'm at the top of page 10. And I think of this as the process of elimination on the way to illumination. So if you can think of yourself, you're already a light being. You're already this expanded light being. And you have accumulated opinions and judgments, perceptions and beliefs that obscure that light. And they are like clouds in front of the sun. The sun is always shining. The light is always there. But it can seem dark and gloomy. It can seem like the dead of night. 
without a light. Remember, it's always darkest before the dawn means that, A, the dawn is coming and it's imminent when it feels so dark. It also is letting you know that the light is here. It's here. And truly, we must give up our attachment, our hunger and thirst for the darkness, which is caused by our conditioned view, by our cherishing our judgments and opinions. So this is why it's a period of undoing. We're undoing the attachments to our opinions and judgments. Now it says here, this need not be painful, but it usually is so experienced. So we can give up our attachments, our judgments and opinions, the cravings, the aversions. We can give all that up with ease and grace and truly place it on the holy altar fire of God's love and make an offering of it moment by moment. Every time we perceive a limited thought, a thought of separation, a judgment, an opinion, we can make a holy offering. And that is part of what I have learned to do. And it's helped me so much. This is the curriculum that I teach in my Finding Freedom class. This is the curriculum that we work with so closely in my year-long Masterful Living class. And I'm just starting Finding Freedom now. So you can join us in the seven-week class. Um, we've barely begun. And uh, in that class, it's an online class. It's an on-the-phone class. And you get all the transcripts and all the audios and the videos so you can work with it at your own pace, which is what I recommend people to do. And there are worksheets and tools to support you in really doing thorough healing, clearing, uncluttering, undoing. So it says this need not be painful, but it usually is so experienced. And that's one of the things that people in my classes discover is they can do it together and it can become considerably less painful than they ever imagined. And where maybe they've been suffering with doing the forgiveness work and suffering with their judgments and opinions, suffering with the thoughts of lack and attack, they can actually learn a new way of approaching it where it actually can be uh, challenging, but it can also be delightful. It can be powerful and beautiful and expansive and exciting and even thrilling and so, so happy-making and joy-making because when we realize just how powerful we are and just how capable we are to actually do this self-healing and clearing work, there's such a deep and profound sense of liberation so that's that's what I see happens, and that's what dedicates me to sharing. And that's really what I think of teaching is, is it's extending that awareness of our union, our perfection, and our wholeness. And that's why I offer this radio show, because there is so much healing that we can participate in, that we can call forth and experience. And it really is not rocket science. It is not elusive. When we're willing, the teacher appears and the teacher is within. (laughs) So I can't cause anyone's healing. I cannot do that. But I can participate 
in my own and share that with others. And that's what I endeavor to do. So it says here in the development of trust section at the top of page 10 in the manual for teachers that we're going to go through a period of undoing and that this doesn't have to be painful, but it usually is experienced as painful. And the reason it feels painful is because it seems as if things are being taken away. And it's rarely understood that initially what is being taken away actually has no value. The value that it has is to block. So imagine that you are this uh, being of light and love. And you have become accustomed to the darkness. And so you've become, your eyes have adjusted, your body has adjusted to the darkness, to limitation. You've become accustomed to suffering. You've become accustomed to not taking responsibility for choosing your thoughts. You've become accustomed to blaming others for your problems. You've become accustomed to trying to manipulate and control others to be the way you would like them to be. You've become accustomed to letting other people control and manipulate you and to make deals of codependency. You, If you've become accustomed to this, this, these are the patterns of your life. These are the habits of your life. And your beliefs are invested in maintaining this false identity where you're totally invested in people see you in a particular way, that they don't see some of the vicious, mean, negative thoughts you might have, or they don't see that you feel unworthy or stupid or or whatever it is that you're judging yourself to be, whatever those opinions are, and you think you can keep it all hidden. If you were to absolutely know underneath it all that you could choose light, you could choose love, you could choose ease, you could choose grace, you could choose prosperity and wholeness and harmony, but it requires you to take responsibility and to not blame anyone else. It requires you to become accustomed to the light of your being, which is a different orientation and it's unfamiliar. And you might stumble and fall. You might avoid choosing that for lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, for eons. Because in order to experience the light of your being on an ongoing basis and really shine your gifts and talents in the world in ways that are deeply and profoundly fulfilling, you have to give up cherishing the darkness. You have to be willing to live in the light. You have to be willing to love the light. And this is the thing that I find that for me was so challenging. But I also experienced that the more I purified, the more I loved the purification. So initially, it felt laborious. Initially, it felt arduous. Initially, it felt excruciating but now it feels beautiful 
It feels magnificent. And I am so grateful that I am not that limited, dark, complaining, angry, whiny, uh, backstabbing, judgmental, opinionated, gossiping, unworthy being that I thought I was. That's not who I am. And that's not who anybody is. And my self-liberation, I can extend and share with you, with everyone, because our minds are joined together. So initially, it seems as if things are being taken away, that we're being forced to give up stuff that we value. But the truth of the matter is, the things that we have valued have been hurting us. They have been keeping us in the dark. And in the darkness, mold has grown upon us. In the darkness, there's a stank and a stink that has permeated the garments that we have taken on in this lifetime. But we can shed those garments and reveal our true identity. And this is what it's telling us here. In order to get there, we've got to develop trust. It is primary. There is no substitute for trust and faith. So it says, how can we discover? How can we perceive that the things that we have cherished have no value? If we've been trying to present a false self to people, and many people, many spiritual seekers are in the closet as spiritual seekers. In other words, they don't want their family to know, their coworkers to know, their friends to know. They don't want people to know because they feel they'll, they will be judged. And the only reason they fear they will be judged is because they are judging themselves. And you know what? If you're a spiritual seeker who's not walking your talk, you will fear judgment because the judger always feels judged. So if you give yourself permission to judge others, you will always feel judged as well. This is the truth. These are the facts, just the facts. So it's time for us to take a break. I invite you in our break time to consider what are the judgments that you hold against yourself and why do you value them? I'm Jennifer Hadley and you're listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk on Unity Online Radio. I'll be right back. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. How's life working for you? Would it be okay with you if it got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful, more vibrant? Join Reverend Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for spiritual coaching, creating a vibrant life. 
Each week, Carla visits with leading-edge coaches as they explore the sacred purpose and stunning results of this exciting and emerging coaching model. Together, they reveal the secrets and successes of this transformational process. Call in and join the discussion as Carla creates a safe and sacred space to dialogue about real life and real world transformations. That's spiritual coaching, living a vibrant life with Reverend Carla McClellan. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Diving deeper into trust and faith. And here's one of the reasons why I love this section so much. It's just so clear to me. So if we value our judgments and opinions, we won't perceive clearly the blocks, the obstacle to our awakening awareness that they create. Because it's like this. If you think of the blocks and obstacles, the opinions, the judgments, the thoughts of lack and limitation as being clouds that block the light of your being and your clear perception of your true identity as an awakened being, a light being, effulgent and beautiful, perfect and whole. If you value all the thoughts that obstruct your clear view of your true identity, how can you... you, how can you actually proceed on this spiritual path except at a snail's pace? So this is one of the things that I find so many spiritual seekers get so depressed about is they feel like they're spiritual losers and that they're spiritually stupid in some way. And I used to feel that way. That's how I know about it. I I did my own research on this. And when we are, you know, it just completely obliterates our success as awakening beings when we cherish our judgments and opinions. It completely hinders our progress. But most spiritual seekers aren't willing to have that awareness as long as they really value and want those opinions and judgments. So it says here, If you're experiencing that sense of this is challenging, this is difficult, this is hard, this is suffering. I am suffering over how unloving I can be. I'm suffering over how opinionated I can be. I'm suffering over the things I do that are not pristine, the ways in which I trash my physical body rather than treat it like a temple for my spiritual being to express through. If I am doing anything that I know is is lowering my vibration, then 
it's going to be much more difficult to have that awakening and it's going to feel painful. It's going to feel like suffering. So what it tells us here, and this is such, I think, clear insight, that the plan will sometimes call for changes in what seem to be external circumstances. These changes are always helpful. When the teacher of God has learned that much, he goes on to the next stage. So one of the things it tells us is that there are these stages. This is what it lays out in the development of trust, that there are these stages that we go through as we become more and more willing, as we become more and more available to give up our opinions and live in the light. So what it also reminds us of is that there is a plan, there is a script. Now, as I believe that this script is complete, it's so full of choices and opportunities. So the script is already written, but what is not written is in each and every moment, will you choose love or limitation? And you know that. You know that in every moment when you're standing online and feeling resentful, you have the opportunity to choose love or to huff and puff and make a fuss. In every moment, you have the choice of whether or not you're going to judge judge someone or yourself. And you know that. So that's not what's written. What's written is, if you choose love, what opportunity will you be calling forth? If you choose thoughts of lack and attack, limitation and separation, what will be your limited experience? your experience of lack and attack. So the way I think of it is, the lover always feels beloved, and the judger always feels judged. (laughs) So the plan will sometimes call for changes in what seem to be external circumstances. So this is part of the good news. If you are... You have a spiritual agenda in your script to awaken, as we all do, to choose love and to be a beneficial presence on the planet. But you consistently keep resisting that and choosing your thoughts of lack and attack, your judgments and opinions, and cherishing all of that. Then, because you have such a strong desire divine will is in you to choose love. Sometimes when we consistently don't choose love or we need a little help in seeing beyond our cherishing of opinions, we'll experience a spiritual smackdown, which might be that we lose our job or our house burns to the ground or something that feels very challenging will happen. But what we can know is that is a call for us to take stock of what we value. So, for instance, if you have an accident, like um, you break a leg or you um, uh, bang up your car, or you start, you keep having lots of breakdowns and breakdowns and breakdowns, your car is breaking down, your finances are breaking down, your relationships are breaking down, this is 
your own higher Holy Spirit self trying to get your attention. You're not paying attention to the choices you're making. You are not making the highest and best choices. And you made a spiritual commitment to choose love, and you're not doing it. So it's not that there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with your thinking. There's something wrong. There's something out of alignment with the choices that you're making. And you can course correct. This is what I shared about the other day in one of my emails to the people who um, uh, subscribe to my emails. So what I'm placing your attention on here is that this section, the development of trust, is really worth reading and studying. You will get so many ahas, I believe, if you read this. You'll start to recognize the period of undoing, the period of sorting out, and the period of relinquishment. These periods, these stages that we go through on the way to awakening. And you can figure out where you are, where you are, or where you, you think you might be. And it comes to a period of consolidation, where you really consolidate your learning. And what happens then is it says, when you're ready to go on from that stage, you go with mighty companions beside you. And I believe that we go with mighty companions in the invisible as well as the visible. So we go with the ascended masters like Jesus and Mary and Buddha and Krishna and Kuan Yin. And they, we recognize, oh, I'm never alone. I'm never alone. I have all these angels and beings of love and light to walk with me and talk with me. Ask and it is given to me means ask for Insight, ask for wisdom, ask for clarity, and it will be given. It's always being given, and when we ask for it, it opens up our hearing so that we can hear and perceive and know and feel more clearly the divine guidance that is always live-streaming at us and around us all of the time. So that guidance is already there, but we have to be willing to develop the trust and the faith see it, to know it, to feel it, to hear it. And that's why I teach the classes that I do, so that people can develop the tools and the the methods, the ways of truly anchoring themselves in faith and developing the trust. It's so powerful. We can do this. Of course, you don't need my help. But if you'd like my help, I invite you to check out jenniferhadley.com and I have so many things on that Finding Freedom page. If you'd like to learn about my seven-week spiritual boot camp that is just getting started, it's a spring cleaning for your life, for your spiritual life, a spiritual spring cleaning and you can join us in Finding Freedom. It's a seven-week spiritual boot camp and we're starting right now so I invite you to join us. Even if you come in a week or two late, you'll get everything you need and lots of support to settle in and clear that spiritual clutter so that you can have more peace and more joy and more love in your life experience. I also would like to point out to you that 
many of you may be aware that last year I did two eight-week classes called Living a Course in Miracles. And they're completely different from the boot camp class or from Masterful Living because um, I'm not doing that focused teaching of the tools, but it's more like this radio show. And so I am going to be doing... um, another Living a Course in Miracles later in the year. And if you um, sign up at jenniferhadley.com, you'll, you'll get those, um, those insights of when that is going to start. Also, if you go to jenniferhadley.com, you can become one of my prayer partners. And I've got a wonderful free download for you called Get Over It. Lots of good things there at jenniferhadley.com. I offer lots of free stuff and I have a commitment to do that. So, I invite you right now to make a commitment to develop trust and faith and to study this section in the manual for teachers. It's not easy. It's deeply and profoundly challenging and it brings so much benefit to your life. So I invite you right now to place your hand on your heart and recognize that the kingdom is within. It's within your loving heart. And no matter what you have done, how far from God you feel you might have traveled in any moment, or no matter what has been done to you, the perfect love of God is your true identity. And we're uncovering it together. We're each revealing and remembering the light of our being. And we give thanks to share the benefits with all beings because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you. Thank you for being my partner today in this. Have a beautiful week. I love you.